0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. And uh, we're back in the shop today. It's just he and I. So, Devin, hit us with our quote. All right. there's a long one. Number one, organize
0: before they rise. Number two, they feel no fear. Why should you? Number three, use your head cut off theirs. Number four, (laughs) blades don't need reloading. Number five, ideal protection equals tight clothes and short hair. Number six, get up the staircase, then destroy it. Number seven, get out of the car, get onto the bike. Number eight, keep moving, keep low, keep quiet, keep alert. Number nine, no place is safe, only safer. And number 10, the zombie may be gone, but the threat lives on. (laughs) Nice. (laughs)
2: Oh
1: man, that's great. Um, I, when you started, I was thinking that might be part of the rules from what's that movie with, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Ah, Zombieland! Oh, I was is like, it was oh, the Zombieland rules, but he's got way more rules than that.
0: That is uh, Max Brooks. Oh, that, nice. That's his his rules from the book uh, Zombie Survival Guide. Nice. <laughs> his um his spoof book, survival book, which is great. And Max Brooks, the writer, he did uh, Zombie Survival Guide, which led to World War Z. Oh yeah, which movie. obviously became the right. movie. Um, Brad Pitt. The, the movie wasn't great, but the the book's cool. The yeah. And then, um, and yeah, and, and his father is Mel Brooks.
1: Really? Yep. Huh. That's crazy because I've heard about that book before and I've I've read parts of it um, and I've, I saw the movie and I really liked the movie and then I I think you might have told me about the book because I think you read it. And so I read parts of the book and I really liked it. Um, but it, all in all of that experience, I never realized that was <laughs> Mel Brooks' son. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you get a little bit of that, that spoof and wit from him.
1: That's awesome.
0: And that that list is on the back of the book. So you pick it up and turn it over.
1: Zombie Survival Guide.
0: And the great thing about it is they they play the whole thing straight. Like there's no like wink, wink. Like this isn't real. Right. Because it goes through how to survive in each situation. And then it gives you a reference to the back of the book with quote unquote real stories Uh (laughs) of how these things (laughs) helped someone survive or how, how they didn't or, you know, what happened. Someone thought they were safe on the lake, but... According to this book, they can still stay alive and walk under. Oh, right. so they can grab you. I like, and they I, just yeah. kind of they just kind of sit at the bottom. So if it's shallow, you, you're still uh, screwed. I
1: like um, that, like almost like historical fiction feel to it. Right, it's analytical. It's like this is what you would really do in this situation, and they give you like these right. scenarios that are feel real. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that's that's one of the reasons why I love like the movie 28 days later cuz it seems mm. like it's a real there's a real reason why you might get this infection that causes people mm-hmm. to be insanely angry and violent <laughs> and want to eat other people. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: you guys might be wondering why we're discussing zombies on our on our making podcast. It's because this episode as you saw in the title we're discussing making an apocalyptic survival
1: knife. Yeah. Yeah, so uh and i wanted to kind of i like how you one of the rules was um what uh blades don't need to be reloaded or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> that's perfect you know because that is the same thing you know you, whatever you have if you have a blunt object or a blade or a sword or something yeah it'll last forever potentially right <laughs> but then you got to get close to the zombie yeah. so it's dangerous yeah yeah but, but i you- do like the uh Climb the stairs and then destroy the stairs. Mm-hmm. That was a good one too. I mm-hmm. Like that, <laughs> they do that a lot.
0: And a lot of those, I guess, those would work for normal survival situations, right. other yeah. than the the short hair. Oh right. In the yeah. zombie book, it's mainly just they
1: they grab on anything they can. Right. So tight clothes, short hair, you're fine. <laughs> in the uh, in the movie, they are, there's that scene where they where they I guess they take a helicopter or something to. The, I forget which city it is it's this big walled city and it's like the one you know lasting surviving city in the whole situation because mm-hmm. the zombies can't get over the wall but then there's like a a parade or an event or something where people are dancing and singing and it's creating all the sound and so the zombies just like pile on top of each other <laughs> and just climb the wall the like 150 foot wall just by going on top of each other and, they, and that's crazy
0: see even but, in a zombie apocalypse people don't want to stay away from each other they <laughs> got a party <laughs> the COVID
1: zombie apocalypse yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> People still out there dancing that's right <laughs> so we'll we're gonna go we'll do a little synopsis of of the uh <clears throat> the apocalypse apocalypse knife, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what our ideas were behind it um hmm. so we had this idea to i think uh devin had kind of come up with this idea of making um a sword or doing a video about basically making kind of a Mad max style blade. Yeah. Right. So it was like, why don't we do something fun, crazy? You know, we're always using saw blades. We can do some like some grid, some teeth, some spikes, or something. And and I was, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a very practical knife person, and I mean I do axes and knives, and they're all, you know, they're not fancy. They're very like utilitarian. That's kind of what my aesthetic is as a maker. Um, so I was like, okay, I like the idea of doing something like that, but I don't necessarily want to do a crazy looking thing. Right. Like, what what would we actually do? What would I actually do if I, you know, theoretically actually do? If the situation was here, what would be the kind of the better tool as a survival tool? And as someone who really enjoys backpacking and camping and bushcrafting, you know, my mind thinks that way. What do I do? What would I take in a situation? Now, I don't necessarily think that the blade that I made is the one that I would take out of the ones that I have here Mm. in the shop and at my house. But I think it was a good... Uh, you know, kind of a small thing that wouldn't be too heavy, that wouldn't be too cumbersome, but that has a lot of different uses. Right. So like, what is that? And, um, that's what kind of led me to this knife that could be converted into a spear point. Hmm. Um, and if you guys are familiar with one of our older videos where we made the neck knife out of a saw blade as well, that was the same kind of idea for that, that you would have a small knife that you could carry that could do all the normal day to day camping things but then could also be lashed to a spear or, you know, just versatile. Give it right. like more versatile.
0: And we used a piece of the saw blade because that's maybe something you might just have laying around. The basic idea was it doesn't have to be a saw blade. It's it's whatever spare right. yeah, steel you have yeah.
1: or whatever. Just a chunk of something that mm-hmm. you can put an edge on that, you know, and even for something like a spear, it doesn't have to be. I mean, ideally, it would be hardened somewhat, and that's the nice thing about saw blades is that they're already hardened some, but not so much that you can't still cut them and shape them. But uh, but it's but it's something that can be shaped into a spear point because a spear, as long as it's relatively pointy and you're pointing, you're sticking it in something other than rock or other steel, it's going to hold that edge. Right. So, for zombies, it works perfectly. <laughs> yeah, we could have just taken a piece of mild steel and made it into a spear point, and it still would have worked basically the same way.
0: Right. So, we gave ourselves an hour, and I had the... I mean, the idea was to do a series of things that only takes an hour. Half because it's fun to watch, right? There's this urgency, there's this speed in the video, and another part of it is because I wanted something we could quick shoot shoot quickly and be done within a day. Right. Because all these knife videos, <laughs> they all take... You know, I, I would say a yeah, four or five minimum days. four days, maximum ten, somewhere in between right. there. <laughs> so the right. idea of a one day build a real one day build. Right. Is uh
1: Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we love that that aspect about Adam Savage's channel tested with his one day build. It's always really fun. Like what mm-hmm, do you do? Like mm-hmm. if you had a certain amount of time, go ahead and build something. Um but yeah, there's the practicality of we need to make a video we need to put it out because consistency in youtube is important right having videos coming out and we know that you know when we when we started we put out six or seven eight videos and then we both had uh, there was a significant amount of time where we were both really busy so we kind of you know slowed down and put like one video out a month or one every two months or something and yeah, not even the first
0: year was sick, we only put out six videos in our first year right. of youtube <laughs>
1: And uh, because of that, we didn't have very many subscribers or followers. <laughs> We're like, okay, well, we need to make a decision. Are we going to, like, you know, put our head to the wall and, like, just – or whatever. So, like, knows the grind right, to keep going right, or are we right. going to slow down? So, like, well, let's let's see what we do. You know, we'll try mm-hmm. going a little quicker. We'll try, you know, putting out more – um, put more videos and then we'll see what happened and then obviously it worked really well you know that is consistency in youtube is important you put out videos and people watch them it doesn't always have to be a super awesome video it doesn't always have to be a super long video or <laughs> or exactly what you always do it's just the consistency of there's consistent content coming out the algorithm algorithm of youtube likes that and the viewers like it right and the other thing i think about switching things up as well which we do on our channel where it's not, they're all making things but they're making different things is that you can build your audience and then people are more i think inclined to watch us because they like us they like the community yeah and- you're learning something but it's not necessarily because they just they want to learn every time how to make a knife it's not just a knife making channel
0: hopefully yeah hopefully they just enjoy watching Dustin teach right and the way it's put together like like most of the videos we like it's you kind of just like the style or you hate it yeah right maybe you hate vlog style stuff so you never watch it right or you hate the electronic music in the background of some of them (laughs) just oh it's so annoying or they're too over enthusiastic and that annoys you know it's Everybody's uh, right,
1: different. exactly. But that's that's a small percentage of people who are watching who are who are particularly annoyed by something that you're doing, so they won't watch. Everyone's got that, and that's perfectly fine. There's channels right. that I won't watch because there's things that I'm annoyed by. Them, but I'm in the minority in that situation, so yeah. you got to kind of find something. And being that i myself really love apocalypse books and movies (laughs) and post-apocalyptic stuff it was like this is such a such a fun thing and i think that really uh was evident in the filming like going back and watching that right after we did it and then more recently like last night when we when i watched it again it's like i could i was really having fun and i felt really comfortable in front of the camera and you know at this point in our creation of youtube content i'm comfortable in front of the camera so it's not really a thing but you could see right. that it was like fun and i think that came through there were some people that commented about that and
0: well yeah and because what we did if you haven't seen it is we set up dustin's uh phone for an hour and then we hit it and we just actually went for an hour We didn't stop we said we would stop if something happened you know his daughter comes down needs something or, or we really messed something up but we didn't we actually didn't stop and we shot everything within the hour other than the intro and right. outro even though we did the outro with the with the clock still running, right? Or we did like the end.
1: Well, we did the end of the actual creation, right? Because like, the outro, oh, our, the outro
0: is the uh, is the, <laughs> the black and white is apoca- the fun, our, our fun <laughs> yeah, apocalyptic that. video. So Dustin goes through, and yeah, we we that this was the one since it only took us an hour. We didn't do multiple takes of stuff. Mm-hmm. We just went right through and yeah. kind of stayed with you and. It was, yeah, it was fun.
1: Uh, Yeah, I was watching it again last night. I was not really cringing. I don't know what the word is to say, but watching how quick I was designing and not very accurately. (laughs) But even still, I was like, okay, this needs to be an inch and this needs to be maybe an inch and a half. And, you know, (laughs) the, the stropping at the end and stuff like that. Oh, right. Like I still was doing things that I would normally do. And obviously we were playing up on the fact that it was funny as well as like having taking this seriously and or, or presenting it as a serious situation, but I'm enjoying it and having fun and playing both those things right. off each other. I think that was really, really fun for me to watch again. Yeah. Cause I was, I was like, I could see this kind of silly grin on my face for so much of the video. <laughs> like, this is so much fun.
0: <laughs> and I, I, uh, I had forgotten about a few of the early interruptions in it where we like have someone banging on the door. Oh, yeah. Right. I had forgotten. And there was like the music that, um, our our friend uh, Abigail Harris did. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah. Um,
0: I asked her to, she does great music. So I asked her to uh, make some music for us and I heard it in the background. I was like, what is that? <laughs> that's not music. I did. I was like, what is this weird sound? I thought it was, I was like, Oh, that's right. Abby did a whole score for the right. This. Yeah. <laughs> so then that we have, awesome. you know, the door j- 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 jiggling and Dustin looks over and kind of smiles. And that goes throughout the video. It happens. There's a few times. And like you're stropping and then yeah. it's like, I still got to strop there outside. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and then he runs outside at the end with it. We get, we got it all done. And then, uh, you know, it goes black and white and then we do a little fun zombie movie at the end. And I that, that that, uh, that, that felt, that was fun. Cause it was like being kids again. Cause that's that was what, fun. that's what I did when we were kids. That's how I started learning all this. Just, you know, the general ideas of uh, filmmaking and playing around as a kid. That's what we did. We'd go make a movie. So that's what it felt like. We just went out in the woods with our camera and our friends. All right. Sean and Guy and, <laughs> yeah. and Corinne and Corinne Emery. And Emery, yep. We all went out, all right, we're going to do a little, let's just see. And we just went out and shot stuff <laughs> and watched Dustin lash the uh, the knife onto a, on, right. a stick that he yeah, found. Yeah, so
1: he combined that, like taking the, uh, actually, you know, f- the finished piece and going out and showing how you would use it. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, doing that kind of wrap and doing it in a in a timely manner because I knew they were walking up, so we're filming it. So it was like it had to be this kind of sped up thing. You know, I kind of had to do it as quick as you you know try to do it quickly. Yeah. And I was really surprised at how well it lashed on, and it was really tight. I think that's just due to the fact that I just split the top of the wood, put the knife in, and then because there's there's not an actual kerf, there's not a gap. It's just the split wood. As I closed it back up, it pinched really tight to the bottom of the of the the knife, and then just slashing it around it. It worked really well. It
0: It went through Guy just fine. Right through him. (laughs) (laughs) When we were doing it, I sat there, (laughs) and I did all the sound effects when I was at home. (laughs) Just like, and I did a bunch of different zombie voices and like
1: kid zombie voices, (laughs) higher pitched. I actually forgot about that until (laughs) I was watching it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, this is awesome! It was so much fun. <laughs> You're probably sitting there, and your the your dog's like, what in the oh, yeah, it's world? so and your weird. Your wife is what in the world? I've been so
0: embarrassed <laughs> if someone walked in doing zombie noises. <laughs> I'm
1: sure you are just like doing the noises by themselves. You're probably like doing yeah, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta be in the right position to do. <laughs> oh man, that's great! <laughs> but yeah, we just had so
0: much fun. It was yeah. Really cold that day too. It, All oh, the yeah, kids well, were really like cool. ready halfway through shoot. Like, are we done? Like, no, <laughs> I got like.
1: Twenty more tanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to uh, hard to rationalize that with children. <laughs> like, Why we just did it. <laughs> well, like, uh, do it a few more
0: times. A, <laughs> and and the end shot where they're coming at Dustin and then he ziplines away mm-hmm. across the stream. Yeah, we did that a few times. <laughs> and we did that and then I, I that was the first video we actually used the drone in. Oh right. Yeah. So that was fun. I got a little DJI Mavic Mini. And we forced a few drone shots into a couple videos and that was <laughs> fun. I was like, I can use that to have you walk into the woods and I get go through the woods with the drone. And then when you zip line across the river, we can just pull Zoom out and go out, way yeah. high and you see him
1: chasing you. Yeah, that was fun.
0: <clears throat> that was fun.
1: The one shot I, I cringe at is for me personally being embarrassed is like the running out of the shop and across the yard. I look like, I'm like I'm constipated. I'm like, Oh, you didn't you ran kinda because it's it's kind of that crouchy, slow, cautious right. run which feels good but look I just look like a tool. You think you look like an action star, but then you see it. <laughs> like my like my like legs and feet are forward and my back is back and I'm like, What in the world? I look like I don't know how to run. You know, it's like you know, coming out trying to run slowly and cautiously across the yard and try to seem stealthy. Sneaky. It just looks like a goofball. Well, it was a goofy
0: ending, so it works.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: and the zombies all had tools, and <laughs> right. Someone exactly. left a comment like, "Oh, it's weird. The zombies have pitchforks and axes, <laughs>
1: double bit axes." And
0: this is our zombie universe, okay? These right. are our rules. Right. They exactly. can. They can. They're a little bit smarter than normal zombies.
1: <laughs> they're all. They're all craftsmen who have who have taken their normal tools and it's like uh, what's in. Um, zombie land at the end of zombie land they're all going back to doing the things they were used to doing Mm -hmm. and they can like utilize the zombies as workers as like the people pushing the carts in the in the shopping mall and stuff right (laughs) cleaning up carts and doing stuff they just chain them up and they go back to doing what they're normally used to doing
0: or or sean of the dead yeah yeah oh that's spoiler alert that's what i'm thinking about yeah yeah yeah. his friend at the end is uh playing the 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 game with him And they're both sitting <laughs> yeah, there playing right. video games. He like tries to bite him. <laughs> wow, man, stop! It's like, rah,
1: rah. What are they play? They're playing like cold Eye or something or something ah, like that, something. like the first person shooter. <laughs> He's entered the game. Sean, Sean has entered the game. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that I
0: guess that's our. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it's was, actually it a short really one. That's one of our shortest videos. That's an actual making something. It was only eighteen, eighteen minutes. Oh yeah. Ours are usually at least thirty. I would say thirty to forty minutes, right? So it's an easy watch. If you guys want to go watch, and if
1: you have seen it, then cool. Yeah, I mean that obviously lent itself to the fact that it was done really quickly, so it you know kind of pushed that by making the video quick. The making, yeah, I, the, I, I didn't sure. need to
0: have that many shots to go through, right? Yeah,
1: <clears throat> and that's usually what we do. You know, I'll, I'll be making something. We'll do multiple shots at least, especially when I'm talking about something I'll do you know if it's a specific direction like this is what you should do at this point and then we'll walk through it and we'll do it a couple times so it sounds nice or I'll do a I'll do everything first and then we'll do a voiceover where I recorded a couple times saying what I was doing so that way you can then go back and overlay it Um, Right. but when we're making something like this and I'm actually on a time frame then I'm just making and you're running around filming Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think you know there were probably a couple times six or seven times where I'd slow something down or do something you know, I, I'd say, okay, I'm going to do this next, right? So that way you could get in position and get a good shot of it. But other than that, you know, it wasn't slowing down at all. It was just, and we've we'll just had
0: it. we've had issues with um, the sound equipment too. Mm. Um, our Sennheiser Levalier, uh receivers and stu- they it seems to have little pops and noises in it for some reason. And now it's actually gone up. Yeah, we can't even use it anymore. We have to use the road. You'll see, or at least for a little while, because it sounds pretty good to me. Uh, you'll see a clipped-on road, right? Uh, mic a Bluetooth thing, mic, right? Mm. On Dustin's shirt, and that's what that is because <laughs> our Sennheiser went up, right? <laughs> for whatever reason, and they cost like six hundred dollars. So <laughs> we're gonna go with the two hundred option for now, yep, because
1: it works well. It, it seems to works well, and yeah.
0: so a lot of times when we're doing multiple takes, it's because I don't have a way to monitor the sound from the uh, from my DSLR. Mm. It's a pretty basic Nikon, so I don't have. It's not made for video, so it doesn't have that monitoring. I, I don't wear earbuds or anything, so we're right. just hoping there's no issues. So a lot of times if there's multiple takes of something, it's because I'm like, well, that was good, but we need another one just in case. Right. Because if there's yeah. in the middle, you can't. Which happens
1: all the time. Yeah, you yeah. can't use it. Yeah, right. And, you know, we do our best. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is when we're kind of, when we clip something like that together, do multiple takes, then and you see that we will we'll pan off or we'll do a close-up of something. That's It's a, a clean way to do a break in a shot and maybe to jump to another audio piece without right. having a cut. Without yeah,
0: out. yeah, that's the trick. When you see any show, when they have an insert of something they're talking about, it is to show you that thing, but it's also probably to go to another take of what he's talking about. Right. Because, hey, your, your second take of this intro is best, so we'll use that. Then your fourth middle bit was the yeah, best, was really so we'll idea. use that. Yeah, right. And then this ending that you used on the first take is the best. You just chop them up and you get your best looking thingies. Right.
1: And yeah, yeah, adding those inserts and stuff, just make it like a nice and clean, it looks clean so you don't yeah. see that that jump cut, which is so popular on YouTube right now. <laughs>
0: We're not doing it. Nope. <laughs> unless there's no other option, but we right. don't know why.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And actually, it's there's there's definitely a point of pride in being able to go through a whole take and have it clean there have been some videos where we did especially i i specifically remember looking at it uh on the video where i had built the wood rack and then we basically rearranged the shop and put it up so i had already built the wood rack but we got everything in and out and uh, i think the whole intro that's like a a minute and a half or something mm-hmm. where i'm just talking and you're you're on me for one whole shot i'm like standing in one shot and then i'm moving and i'm talking and you're panning with me and I was like, "Damn, that was good." That was a long take and it seemed really good. I mean, you know, I'm sure we did five or six takes of it. Right. But um, but yeah, those those are fun. There's definitely a point of pride in like getting through something like that all the way. Mhm. And, and I think we
0: would also have more of those some of the people do, them, like Wrangler Star. Right. He's a good he's a good uh, speaker for yeah, one. Homologue. Yeah. But He also has a tripod. Uh, For me, just once it hits like three minutes of something, I get shaky. If the camera guy (laughs) holds my DSLR kind of in front of me, I start to just, you, you kind of lose it a little bit. Right. And try to hold as still mm-hmm. as possible.
1: And I think you, you kind of break that up a little bit by just like some natural movement. There's like natural mm-hmm. movement, which people, yep. I think I, I feel that bit. way in the, yeah, you do that. Like, I think naturally sometimes, and on purpose, yeah. just a little bit of movement. So that way, if there's a little movement, you don't notice it. Right. And it's not a right. tripod, it's you. you know? I
0: sometimes, I'll move it a little bit too if I'm um, not on a tripod, but if I have my elbow on something, right? I'll just give it just a tiny bit. To blend in with the rest, right? Because everything else is handheld. You don't want to do all handheld and then one totally still
1: shot. It just right. a little jarring. A little yeah. Weird. The only time we do uh, tripod stuff is when we're doing time, time lapse. Laps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then set the tripod because obviously over that amount of time and going at that speed, you need it to be still. because yeah. The rest going to be bugging around on, and please. throwing up, watching our videos. <laughs> <laughs> um. <coughs> so. We, uh, you know, like with all of our videos, we got all sorts of fun comments and some angry ones and some happy ones. And this one was particularly beneficial. It got us lots of really good comments and a lot of people had fun watching it.
0: We, Yeah, and we usually get more questions. But yeah. I guess you, no, this one wasn't as instructional. Right, right, right. It's kind of just showing maybe it's more fun. Like you can do whatever you want. You just kind of sketch it out. That wasn't giving specific tips of... How to rush through the knife, so there wasn't like, oh, if you're tempering at this because we did no tempering, but right. And what about that? What do you use? And what's the holes here? It's just like whatever you have. Yeah,
1: it wasn't really like a tips and tricks. It was just like a, this is a down and dirty. Mm-hmm. Make it, you know. I'm using this thing because I have it. Obviously, we talked a little bit about that about circular saw blades it might be something that people have, you know. But uh, but yeah, definitely just having just being in that mindset of making something really quick and doing it as as basic as possible. Right, took us away from all those kind of normal tips and tricks and things that I would, that you would pass along as a air quotes expert of something when you're talking to someone else, right. you give them the tips and tricks because of the things that you only know because you've done it a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I haven't made an hour long knife a bunch of times. (laughs) That's probably the first (laughs) time. ever. I made a bunch of knives. I kind of, you know, I know the basic shape of what a knife, you know, how it would work well and (laughs) how a spear point is going to penetrate. You don't want it super broad, you know, (laughs) you like long and narrow, ideally to penetrate well, but you don't want it so narrow because then it might break off. So some of those things like that, but that I wasn't going to be talking about tips like that.
0: And we only had an hour. So yeah, it's just, come on, let's do it. Just go. (laughs) Do you, I have, um. We're going to read a few questions in the you comments. We had a, a pretty good amount for a, a relatively small video. Mm-hmm. I guess the video has like seventeen thousand views or something, and the comments we got like one hundred and thirty comments, so that's kind of cool. Do you know what a B O B or B O V is? i
1: B O B.
0: I'll read this comment. We'll see
1: if we can figure out the context. Um.
0: Uh, Bill R. says, if you only have one hour, you would not be building a knife. You would be gathering your B.O.B.s and other survival items, putting on rugged clothes and loading the B.O.V.s. Maybe
1: B.O.B. and is Something vehicle. vehicle. Bug out. Bug out. Bug out, bug out bag. hmm B.O.B. Bug out bag. But Yeah. I have those ready. <laughs> I don't need to work Everyone should
0: already have multiple knives ready at hand. <laughs> a good knife is one of the most basic survival tools. This is true. Yes, it is. And that's I don't know if he's it. taken a little seriously, but all right, Bill. That's fine. We appreciate the comment. You know? Okay.
1: We wanted that. It was actually meant to be a very serious documentary style that's video. That's right. You would, would really not do, do this. This is ridiculous. You would
0: not shoot it in black and white. <laughs> you need the colors to tell you what plants are good to eat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, Bill. We can't see that at all. Everything looks like it's just gray. What is this? <laughs> is this poison <laughs> that's ivy that's or is this that's uh, the worst documentary <laughs> I've ever seen? that's good yeah yeah there were a couple like that people were like why would you do that like that doesn't make any sense (laughs) you know no one would actually do that yeah i like the ones there were several that were in the category of you know good thing that the zombies let you know exactly how long it was going to take them to get there you know so you could do it but on our behalf you know halfway through making of the video or halfway through making the knife we had the door rattle right so there were people out and about they were, yeah they were they just were, testing they were there yeah so we knew they were around it was like this is how long you have you if you know what's your bare minimum amount of time that you could still spend in your house before all the hordes get to you
0: <laughs> right
1: you know your neighbors gonna be here in any minute yeah. So you just obviously we would up. just
0: get out the shotgun yeah <laughs> and sit in
1: front right and behind the door and wait yeah. until we're really ready <laughs> One person mans the
0: door with a shotgun.
1: Using the grinder and the the sanding, you know, the tabletop grinder, all the nice loud stuff in the shop to draw in all the zombies. Right. (laughs) All right. I have another one. Um, This is more along the lines of what we're looking for. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is the big TG says, a good bit of fun. And goes to show you, you don't need that much to start knife making, which is really good because that's kind of what I was thinking and feeling, and I could see that. Like I said earlier, about just how much I was enjoying it, and I was like, I, I spent a lot of time on design and making sure everything is clean and accurate, and you know, like grinds are good. And so something like this was super fun because it was yeah, it's just, just, just a good bit of fun. Yeah, just just get out there, just make something, and just just do it. It feels almost like when you were a kid, and you kind of
0: that day. Right. You're off school with your buddy and you think of something like, wouldn't it be awesome if we had like a cool knife and you're like, I think we could do, I got this and this and this and you do it and then you play with it that night and it's the (laughs) best, it's the best thing for like a week. It's the coolest (laughs) thing you have. You show everybody. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Like I remember, uh, when you guys, I'm the youngest and I have three older brothers, Dustin, Drew and Derek. And I think you guys had like cut out guns out of just plywood.
1: Uh, gun shape yeah gun shapes <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i was like oh cool is mean, a jigsaw and and some we got plenty of wood so then we were all just cutting out our own toy
1: <laughs> guns it was so much fun that's that's a perfect uh example of what poor people like to do because <laughs> yeah. so we definitely grew up with you know we were we were always i guess comfortable we, i felt like we always had you know enough money to survive and eat and but we definitely didn't have very much money it was always just like we yeah. were right on the edge, you know. My mom and dad both worked, and uh, with four boys, you know, we're obviously eating them out of house and home. <laughs> but we had a wood, we had plenty of wood and a jigsaw. Yeah. We grew up on a farm in Baltimore County, so we had plenty of <laughs> <laughs> materials in the woods. We but made the, lots this, of this bows. This was, uh, I think, this is yeah. Middle River. Oh yeah, one yeah. yeah. But still, yeah.
0: it's a, it's that type of thing,
1: exactly. and that's I mean, I think that probably what spawned that like the maker switch, like you say, You know, it's like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you just. I think a lot of people who get into making make things because they can't easily get what they want right their means right so you either can't get it because you just can't get it it's not you don't have access to something or you can't get it because you can't afford it right so then you're like oh maybe I'll make it.
0: I'll you know, make a toy gun. All my, all my plastic ones are broken. Yeah, and then all your friends are like,
1: "Oh, that's the coolest toy yeah, gun! You like, got it I'm... in your
0: belt yeah. or in your pocket, and your, your side pocket as your holster."
1: And then you take it to school, and you get suspended. I, <laughs> I can make you one for five dollars. <laughs> I remember one time than when you get the store.
0: One time I sold. I had worked it out that like we were racing cars, like down a slope, and I had what the size cars. Little match, uh, okay. match box. matchbox, gotcha. um, and uh, mine was doing really well. I had this awesome one for whatever reason was winning, but then I had sold it to a girl for like fifteen bucks. <laughs> Dang! But I worked it. It was the best one. I didn't want to give it okay. up. Yeah. And then so, and my mom, you know, asked me where I got fifteen bucks, and I told her she me give it back.
1: Oh man! I was like, man, it took me like an hour to convince her to give me that fifteen dollars <laughs> for that toy car, but. That's a that's a status symbol, man. You get that like, you got the best thing of yeah, the all best the people yeah. in your peer group. Yeah. <laughs> that's you're number one. That's worth fifteen that's bucks. Worth fifteen bucks. My mom's
0: like, where'd you get fifteen bucks? I didn't give you fifteen bucks. <laughs> you're not working. I was bragging. I shouldn't brag. Yeah, right. you were like, like <laughs> I was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> you're like making it rain I saw in the house. house uh, to, to you go, 15
0: mom, ones. <laughs> why are you making it rain on me? <laughs> Here you go, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Make it what? Where'd you get that money? <laughs> I sold the car. She wanted it. And she, she didn't want to give it back, but.
1: Yeah. yeah. I didn't understand. want to give it's the money back either. Right. I know. You were back on top. She was up 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's just all those little stories of us growing up. You guys, if you listen to this podcast, you'll get more things like this on a regular basis. More
0: stories. <laughs> I got a, um, a comment. ching gong. <laughs>
1: Chingon, we'll just leave it at that. M- Miland Garcia, Milan, Milan Garcia, Garcia. Chingon. We uh, we saw that, and I think we were texting back and forth or something. Like, Do you know what this means? Or maybe we we're looking at it together.
0: And we, had, I think we had gotten Chingon
1: before. Yeah, I think it was the same person. Was it? I definitely remember seeing. Oh, ah, yeah, that. So you had said earlier before we started the podcast that and I've forgotten this, but this video came in the middle of our knife build series and the knife talk uh, build along series. Hmm. And so I'm pretty sure that he had commented on one of the build videos, Chingon, or he had commented on this video and then also one of those videos. Cause it had happened twice. It was like twice in, in two weeks or something, you know,
0: so we didn't know if Chingon. that was a, uh, we had no idea what it was, something negative or positive, <laughs> but it is positive. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, Mexican term, an intelligent, skilled, capable person. Someone or something cool, awesome, very good. A tough, uncompromising or intimidating person. So it's kind of a cool thing. It's kind of just like, a Kind of cool. Wow, right yeah, on. Cool.
1: Yeah, right. It's or, yeah, almost just like saying cool or saying like, that's you know, that's hard. It's I guess that would be, yeah. yeah. your boss. Right. Your are yeah, that's yeah. sweet. <laughs> You're the man. Chingon. But yeah, I, Ching I actually looked, yeah, I was looking up the term and I think I watched a YouTube video to see it's like one guy is is two you know Hispanic guys in a garage near a car and the one guy said something like, ah, oh, it's Chingon." Chingon. And the other guy thought he was saying something like homophobic. And he was like, "What are you trying to say, man?" He's like, "No, man, it's Chingon. This Ching-gon. is a YouTube video, of like how to use Chingon." <laughs> and Chingon it sounded a little Asian too.
0: We weren't sure where it was from. Oh I'm yeah, like, Chingon. We were all guessing what <laughs> we're <just super> <laughs> We were all guessing
1: where it was from. Oh jeez, we, we had we had no idea, but now we know. That's a good one though, Chingon. So if you get someone that says Chingon on your on your video, it's, it's good, so It's a good thing. You're, you're very Chingon if that happens. Chingon. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. Ah, so going back to the knife talk podcast, um, we were on, if you heard that in the background, it was Devin (laughs) opening up one of our native Baltimore beers, national Bohemian, uh, locally known as Natty Bo. I tried to be quiet about it. It wasn't quiet enough. Uh, so, (laughs) but so, when we were doing this video or we were doing the knife talk series the knife talk build along series and uh, my partially my goal in all of that was to be able to recon- be recognized by the knife talk podcast cuz i've been listening to them to, for quite a while so it's like oh cool and they did actually talk about it at one point you know they said that um, cuz i think i put in a Hey man, can you ask me a question? So I had asked them a the question about something. And so they mm-hmm. answered the question and then we're like, and hey, you know, it looks like that the other craftsmanship guys are doing a build along. They're doing the build along, build along. So, <laughs> cause we would, they would, they would talk about what you would do. And then we do that part in a video and post it up. So that way people could listen to the knife talk podcast and then see how to do it. So we would kind of put it, we'd do it and get it up by Friday. So that way they had the head of the weekend to actually do the step. If they wanted to see how it was done first. Yeah, that was a lot. It was a bit of a pain. <laughs> well, I definitely didn't want to do it, <laughs> but you know it's and you know, it's not the greatest. I mean, not the the greatest producing video. They none of them have had that good of a you know reception. But that's what, it was yeah, fun. That, I feel like that's part videos. Yeah, and who knows that may have been where you know Craig and Jeff all first heard our and Mareko heard our name for the first time, and now we're on the Big Green Network, which is put on by. Craig Lockwood from Knife Talk (laughs) Podcasting. It's going to get to work out. Right. Uh, So that all goes back to the comment. Uh, This is from Craig Cook. He says, Drilling that thing after grinding the bevels and sharpening is a good way to lose fingers. And with a thumbs up at the end. Mm. (laughs) Uh, And I relate that back to the Knife Talk Podcast because that was the one comment they made. (laughs) And it, it almost sounded like they had talked about it beforehand because. Jeff goes, well, you know, he didn't, he didn't clamp his knife blade down when he drilled his holes out. <laughs> and right. He's like, like oh. we're not gonna, we're not, you know, condoning that type of stuff. <laughs> and and yeah, and Craig's like, oh, you had to say you couldn't just let it go. <laughs> so, you know, they like had been watching and, and talked about it. That's all was fun. So yeah, I actually sent a DM back to Knife Talk and just told him I was like, you know, it's fun hearing you guys bust our, bust our balls on Knife Talk podcast. <laughs> and if you if you look in the video though, and actually it's, we show it specifically in the apocalypse uh knife video mm-hmm. that i have a, a board that i use specifically and, and you know sometimes i'll clamp stuff down sometimes i won't but i when i'm not clamping something down I'm, i put it on a specific board that has a screw coming up in it and that's just an actual piece up like a post so that way it will keep it from spinning so i do all my drilling right on that board and that way if anything happens mm. and it spins or it gets locked up like it did in the video you see it goes Goon! and it turns sideways and gets yeah. locked up but and then you pan over and you see that it's on that screw.
0: Right. That's, that was that was yeah, That was just a lucky shot. But yeah. I mean, it's important to have that stuff because I've seen it just my limited amount of times watching Dustin make knives. Yeah. I've seen it multiple times.
1: Yeah. And so it's it's always
0: a little freaky. Like anything, when something you go ooh, oh, 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 Like
1: everyone goes like oh man that was <laughs> like the arrow that flew past you when we were doing right the, Mac, the bow versus ooh, Mac video nervous <laughs> laugh <laughs> <laughs> a broadhead Whoa. that could have killed
0: you yeah. Maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that little, yeah, just have a little um, metal peg that it, it hits. Yeah.
1: this is a little safety screw. And I, I, I made that board with that idea in mind because I was like, okay, you know, I'd had enough things I drilled through, get caught, and kind of trying to wrench away in my hand. And fortunately, I haven't, I don't think I've ever had anything really like helicopter uh, severely, but it's happened enough times that. With other things, other, you know, wood and steel yeah, and other things yeah. that get caught up. And, and fortunately, I've never had it happen with a knife and never hurt myself that way. But I made that board specifically for that mm-hmm. when I was making, you know, started making knives and things. Started, you know, using the drill press for it. Um, but, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good good piece of advice. You know, if you can, always clamp your blades down. It makes much more sense. But, if you're doing something and, you know, you're doing a whole bunch and you just if, – if you're not going to do it, then at least you can give yourself a little bit of prep to pre- prepare yourself. So wear gloves or use, yeah. a, use a board that has a peg in it. And I've seen other knife makers, like professional knife makers, have that same setup where they have something and then they have just a, a bolt or something on their drill press while they're doing it. Yeah, no, so I, I think whole, that's nice
0: because you don't have to constantly adjust and clamp things down. I mean, obviously, okay. there's other easier clamps and easier setups, jigs that people have. Right. But if you don't have that, it takes a bit to clamp things down and screw them down and tighten them. And if you can just have that bolt there and a piece of wood with a hole
1: in the middle, right? It's, and it's yeah, a good. Uh, it's a good setup. Yeah, especially if you're uh, an actual knife maker where you're doing a whole bunch of something, you know, then you would have. You know, that's why people talk about. Oh, I'm, it's, I love having my second drill press because I don't have to worry about changing bits. You know, yep. I, have, I have the jig set up and I just do it all. So people have that when they're doing a whole bunch. But if you're if you're not if you're not building a jig to set up something specifically. You know, as long as you have the bare minimum, like I do. The board with the screw in it.
0: Right. It's perfect. Uh, (laughs) Did you have the last one or did I?
1: I did. That was the losing fingers.
0: Melvin Dunn says, When you said spear, I visualized a fish spear with a fold-down barb that can be deployed when needed to spear fish and folded flat when needed just as a knife. It would have to be a barb. That is hard to fold out so it doesn't just pop out by itself. But this was fun and entertaining project. Keep them coming. So that's not a that's not a bad idea. Yeah. More of some type of barbed, if you had time.
1: Yeah, to do something that. Could I
0: mean, happen. now I guess if it was zombies though, you wouldn't want a barb. You don't want your right. spear to be tough to get out. Right. But in a in a more realistic survival.
1: To have something that situation something versatile.
0: with some edges some jagged edges might.
1: I wonder, if he's, I wonder if he's referring to a, a like a a barb like in a hook that's facing backwards or a barb that's facing forward like like an actual fish spear that has multiple points.
0: A fold down barb that can be deployed when needed. Fold. Fold down. So maybe barb. it just comes out off the bottom. Yeah, I mean,
1: calling it a barb remind it makes me think of a the backward, you know, which when you stick it in, then it keeps it from coming out. Right. Instead of like multiple points, like a so fish that's not a bad idea. You
0: could have put a couple uh, barbs in the in the bottom, or d- right. n- nothing fold out. Obviously, that takes too long to figure out some type of fold out situation. But just, uh, or maybe just one side of it oh, yeah. to be saw blade kind of jagged,
1: right? Just to g- grip a little bit as you're pulling it back out or something. Right, like specifically sticking into a if, fish if it or was something. a fish,
0: right? Or you could have it in a, a jam to cut wood, right? One saw edge,
1: yeah, yeah. Hmm it's not a bad, bad idea yeah, melvin yeah. i like that yeah <laughs> all right everyone from gray wolf bushcraft uh he says not my favorite project of yours but an interesting idea nonetheless either way i thought the production value and extra footage during and at the end was fantastic and was the real reason i finished the video always <laughs> a great experience at aoc channel Oh. I thought that was just a good comment because again, it was, you know, we know that not everything we do is exactly what everyone is going to like, but the production value is always going to be good. Yeah. And that's, you know, we're just aiming to make it, you know, a fun experience to watch, you know, it's free. <laughs> so we do the best we can and put out the put up the content the way we enjoy watching it and yeah. what we like and hopefully other people do and that just shows you that some people like that some you know, it's like, he was he was willing to watch to the end because he enjoys the channel and he enjoys the production value and even though it wasn't something that he would be interested in because you know i think uh apocalyptic videos although they are they have a pretty good following in the world they're not everyone's deal so which you know why we keep mix it up do different stuff
0: yeah if we think it's fun, we just do it. Right. Why not?
1: Right. Because someone else is gonna think it's fun and then it's either gonna be it's either gonna broaden our community or Right or you know, I mean that's what the channel is. It's our channel. We'll do whatever we want. <laughs> if you don't like it, you don't have to watch. That's fine. <laughs> you're not losing any money by not right. watching. <laughs> Isn't that what they
0: say? Always just just not do what you love, but just if you're enjoying what whatever your thing is, then that'll come through. Other people will probably enjoy it too. Right. That's all you can do. Right. You don't want to do something phony because you think other people might like it.
1: I think that's some of the biggest advice that we would give to other YouTubers. And when people ask me that, you know, two things I always say is just consistency. So put out consistent videos. You have to stay consistent. You have to be able to put stuff out on a regular basis, whether that is, you know, ideally that's a couple of videos a month because people will lose attention if they're not doing it, which we
0: suffer from a little bit. We struggle sometimes to get out videos, but
1: But we just keep putting them out. You know, we're never, we're never more than like two months, you know, or we really lose an audience, you know, not anymore. You know, we always, we always try to get something out at least once a month, if not more. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing is do what you love, you know, just do something that you really enjoy and that'll come through. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter what it is. As long as you're enjoying it, there's, there's a group of people out there that are going to enjoy it just as much or they're going to enjoy you so much because you're enjoying what you're doing that they're going to watch. Right. not matter what it is. And that's, you know, that's, I think the basis of a lot of really great YouTube channels. One of the, obviously one of the ones that I watch a lot. And we mentioned the Wrangler Star channel. I love Wrangler Star and it doesn't really matter what he talks about. Obviously some things I agree with and some things I might not not agree with, but it's just, I'm invested in him and uh, then what he's doing, he's really enjoying it and it comes through in that way. And, you know, I'll follow along the story. Yeah. Yeah. I think I maybe, maybe I got one more. more. I don't have any more.
0: One iota says, yeah. "I don't think you realize how lucky you got there. You ignore the you, <laughs> you ignore the age-old adage at your own peril. If the zombies are walking, don't bother stropping." <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is silly.
1: That one's hilarious. The zombies are walking, don't bother stropping. <laughs> we we're, we're still laughing just as funny. We were reading that comment beforehand. It's the eight old age old adage. Yeah. Everyone knows that.
0: It started out almost being trolley. You're like, oh, what's he gonna say? And then,
1: yeah, you guys you don't know how lucky you got it.
0: <laughs> Read it again. It doesn't even rhyme that well, but it's, <laughs> it's if so the good. zombies are walking, don't bother stropping. <laughs> Jing-ong.
1: Jingong. Jingong. That's so good. Uh.
0: Um, So I was thinking Since it's a uh, survival apocalypse thing What would we take What would be Mm. The five things Mm -hmm. you would take What you guys would take Um, I didn't really think of this beforehand if it's, it depends. I guess is it like an island thing or is it a um, right. end of the world thing?
1: That's so a, a, a your your top five survival items. Maybe, maybe you, you had to take. All right, we'll, what it. about you, we'll do your Bob, your bug out bag. Bob, that's gonna have more than five things in it though. Well, well, whatever.
0: We'll say if you only have time to put five things into your bug it's like out uh, bag.
1: Was the show uh, alive? Is that what it is? Where it is survival? Basically, it's like a bunch of dudes and they can, it's just, the goal is who can survive the longest. Oh yeah. Alone? Alone. That's it. Yeah. They can only bring 10 things and they have, but they, they are giving, given a list. It's like these are, this is a list of 50 things you can choose from. Right. So So what do you, you pick 10. And I think that's really cool. If you go to the alone website, they show each person that's, that's like participated in the last, whatever, you know, however many, the winners, what the winners had. Oh, they show everybody, everyone who participated and what their choices were. Okay. One of the guys I watch all the time is Joe Robinette and he's Bushcrafter. And he, he went and I think he only ended up surviving a couple of days, but be, because he was in a really super wet area of, I think it's British Columbia or something. They change the, it every year, I think. But he had, he had taken a fire steel to make fire mm-hmm. and he lost it within the first <laughs> couple of days. Oh. And so he's he, whenever whenever you see him now, he either he always has it attached to him by a piece of paracord or something. <laughs> it's always like in his pocket and attached to his belt loop, because he you know that was he lost it. He didn't know how he did, but he lost it and he couldn't make fire. And he was in such a wet area that he couldn't keep himself warm and had to end up you know stopping the, the uh, stopping participating. But that's crazy. But yes, yeah, so what would we bring. Um, so I like I like to kind of give us the scenario of instead of like a bug out bag, which is, you know, with that, you can plan a long time. You, you have it ready at all times. Yeah. And you know, I have you know the, just the, uh, enjoying the post-apocalyptic books and stories that I do. I kind of think about these things occasionally. And like I mm-hmm. said, in the beginning of the zombie video, and you know, I like to have, you know, think about what I would bring and have, you know, things around and I've got knives that I've made before that I'm like, well, this is the knife that I would bring if I was going to go. So obviously number one would be some type of cutting tool. Most likely a knife, mm. and I have enough knives that you know I would choose one of them. Maybe my the bushcraft knife that we made the, um <clears throat> maybe the uh, Ray Mears copy, the Woodlore copy, or something like that. Just because that has the fire steel attached to it, so I have like the knife and a way to make fire all in one thing. Right, so is that one thing or two things.
0: Yeah, I guess that's I one. Guess that's one thing. Yeah, because it's because like you're a not going to count the sheath. You're not going to count.
1: Right. Yeah, like, I, the, I would say whatever whatever's right,
0: kind yeah. of a te- whatever comes with the thing. Okay yeah so like I think a, like a bow and arrow counts it as one okay right I don't think you're gonna count every arrow in the quiver and right which is probably maybe th- something I would take cause at least on that show now that you bring it up they, a lot of the people who had the, the bows mm-hmm. they did really well they didn't they didn't just say alright I'm only gonna get fish I'm only gonna get that right so I think a bow and arrow would be cool
1: I think that's good too cuz that's that's the distance weapon that you can use to take down you really need to have something bigger to hunt stuff. with right right because you can fish but if you don't bring fishing line fishing line super hard to make right so you know if you're not in an area where you're going to be able to fish easily then you want something to be able to hunt easy and
0: birds rabbit exactly. any, any type of
1: right anything that's gonna that's gonna flee soon when you get close mm-hmm. to it you're gonna be able to hunt much more easily at a distance
0: right the one guy i watched um i forget his name now i think it's i don't know if it's the only season on netflix that's the one season i watch but i watched it because he was on uh joe rogan and he had he oh. had a kind of a crazy life he lived in russia for a while like traveling with uh The guys who traveled with the reindeer, I lived with them for years. So when he came on the show, he was like, he was ready. He was prepared for the snowy, right? Yeah, it was a snowy season, and he actually took down a moose with his bow. He was the only one to get a moose.
1: You believe that? (laughs) It was
0: awesome. He he got the moose, and then um, a badger kept taking it, taking his moose, and like taking all the fat. One night they got into all his fat. He he had like cooked it down. Yeah, so he had this fat. to you gotta keep healthy you gotta you can't just be eating lean stuff no right. fat it, and he was a skinny guy yeah he didn't so like he a lot of the people that. on the show they start out people balk up a little bit right they all put on an extra 20-30 <laughs> and then by the end they've lost it but he started out as a slim dude right and he was like man I don't have much to lose and and he ended up fighting the badger and killing it fuck <laughs> oh, it's so good <laughs> oh man so okay I, I do a bow So we got a knife and a bow. Yeah, a knife and a bow is a good idea.
2: Yeah.
1: And that would cover fire making, uh, shelter building, and hunting. So Mm -hmm. that's what are your your three... That's like your main ones. Yeah, it's called what the three S's Like shelter, uh, I forget what they are, but food, shelter, water. Right. Those are your three main things you're looking for. So we have shelter and food, so we do water. So... Maybe
0: <clears throat> maybe modern times, maybe you could take one of those water purifier things. Right. Yeah, one of those uh, yeah. lifesaver straw. What are they called?
1: Yeah, life straw. Life straw. Right. Something that's that, easy that, yeah. Especially be, modern
0: right, times. Right. If you're out in the middle of nowhere, it might not. I guess you could still boil your stuff.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah but but then maybe then if, a mayb- maybe if it was like a, yeah.
0: a pot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe just bring a pot, a metal right.
1: pot. Yeah, because then you could start firing, boil the water.
0: You can carry stuff. You can yeah boil stuff maybe and
1: that's a- something you can't make easily so that's I always think that think of that what what wouldn't I be able to make easily so something like fishing uh, line like pond. I said you know you can't it's really hard to make fishing line in nature now there's lots of stuff that can do that but it also really depends on where you are right you know like if you have a stream duck, or a uh, lake yeah. maybe
0: I mean you can make nets Right in, in a moving body of water, but even right. that's tricky.
1: Or yeah, or doing making a weir or something out of wood inside of a stream so that we can capture fish right. and all. And, but <clears throat> yeah, if, if if you're predominantly an area where you're going there's you know there's a lot of fishing, then that might be something you take instead. Grab a maybe maybe a fishing rod, or actually just grab a spool of fishing line. You know, to bring it with you. Yeah. So because you can make hooks. You know? That's so, four, but,
0: right? Bow, knife, life straw, pot. I mean, well, I guess we don't need a life straw. Yeah, we don't need a life straw. If it was pot. a bug out bag, though, maybe you would if that was the situation. Yeah, yeah I'd probably have a couple Because you're not going to so start fires. Yeah. You're just going to reach in a stream.
1: Right. Get or some even, water. Yeah, a couple of bottles of the of the purifying tablets or something like mm. that. Those are pretty inexpensive. They're, I mean, they're in my backpacking bag as well as a pump and, and a pot. You know, They're all in my normal stuff that I take backpacking. Any first aid stuff? <clears throat> hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think something like,
0: I mean, obviously a good knowledge of what things can help heal you already. But if you don't have the knowledge, it's...
1: Yeah, because even an an
0: infection stop, you know,
1: we'll... Yeah. So... hmm. It's almost yeah, like a first
0: aid kit. Right. Like you could bring
1: that too. Yeah. If you have it readily available.
0: Any little cut, if it gets
1: infected and, and, and then you're yeah really out of luck. Yeah. Just having, and having that ready, I guess that's the idea too, behind like a bug out bag is having that stuff ready to go. Um, But yeah, having a first aid kit with something like a tourniquet, that would probably be mm-hmm. good because, or if you have your belt on, you could do it that way too. Because if you get something like a severe injury, a big cut, a big cut, you're going to like bleed out if you can't stop mm. it. Now, obviously for surviving, what are you gonna do? You put your tourniquet on and then lose your arm, right? <laughs> and then you just gotta survive without an arm. But I guess that's better than not surviving <laughs> at all. But that could be something that could be in the first aid kit.
0: That's that's not a bad I think that's I think that's a good five.
1: Yeah. You're right, yeah. First aid kit, <laughs> knife, bow, pot. What's our fifth? Life straw. No, we don't need Maybe. that because we have we the don't. pot and we have fire. Uh I don't know. First day. I don't know. Raincoat, mm-hmm. a box of cliff <laughs> bars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and a uh, a basket full of food. Does that count as one?
1: <laughs> My bucket bag is full of canned beans. <laughs> it's so heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, yeah uh, I you know, I was thinking about like a firearm, but That's, that's not true. I that, th- no,
0: I th- honestly no. It, I mean, in in real life, right. that would yeah. If you're going to an island, maybe not. Right. But if stuff is actually going down. And
1: you have to leave your house. You,
0: you bring a firearm
1: if you have it, for sure. Yeah, of course. So I guess that would be number yeah. five. <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> right. Which, you know, that's the other thing, too, is do you need to bring a bow and a shotgun? I would say yes, because your shotgun is more of like a protection per, against it's other people. It's personal defense. Yeah. And in, the bow in, is your survival. At the
0: end of times, right? Right. You're not going to. You're pretty safe with a shotgun, keeping yeah. people at bay. Maybe not as right. much with a bow.
1: Yeah. And, you know, not being a prepper, I've got like two boxes of shells for my right. you know, break barrel, single, right. single barrel break shotgun. You know, the so, good thing, I think the good <laughs> thing
0: about shotgun over it, right, it's mainly just the imposing... Mm. Handgun, you, you keep intimidation. hitting, and, yeah. But yeah. people may—I mean, obviously, you'd be scared if you're having a gun pointed at you. But right. a shotgun pointed at you would you probably wouldn't have to shoot it most times to keep right. yourself safe. Yeah, it's just having it there—the so, sound,
1: yeah, loading yeah. up, or <laughs> Cock. seeing the double <laughs> barrel. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's no joke, and that's—I think that's a big part too—is the the intimidation factor. You, if you're going to be surviving somewhere, you need to you need to be able to keep what you have. Right, and uh, and intimidation goes a long way. Yeah, that's a main I
0: I don't know who was talking about but they're like, "Yeah, you stock up all this stuff at your home. Now you're just like a grocery store for people with guns." Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any way to defend it. Uh, right. You're just like a gold mine yeah. for people to, "Oh, thanks for storing everything." <laughs> "Oh, you didn't you didn't want to have any type of weapons." Okay. <laughs> well, I do. It's yeah. mine now. <laughs> um some uh in that nature, oh, I guess we're thinking of apocalyptic books that we like. Right, yeah. The Road's great.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, that was made into a really good movie, too, which uh, I think... Cormac McCarthy. Yep. Yeah, and then it was uh, Viggo Mortensen. That was a good mm-hmm. one. I like that. You it's did. funny that most of these have been made into movies, and I like most of them, but I'm also not a super big critic on movies. <laughs> <I like laughs> right. You movies. also
0: suggested I Am Legend.
1: That's an awesome
0: movie. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> CG is so bad in that. Yeah, it is. they didn't need yeah, it. Right. They made these CD, uh, CG creatures the that looked creatures like humans. Thing. Right. So you know what else looks like a human? Actual people, just in makeup. <laughs> if you're doing some crazy alien with eight legs, then right. yeah. If it's if it's Starship Troopers, right. you have to make them. Right. These right. These insectoids. If it's just people with no skin, yeah. Just do people. Yeah.
1: No, i agree what are you doing and it, right. it looks kind of corny when you see them in the light yeah. it's like uh, and there are some they have some like abilities or attributes that are more superhuman than normal people yeah but you can but you could that you can work that's all, into stunt, CGI, work. It's right. all stunt work yeah, yeah exactly. if you have
0: to have them jump or run extra fast then add them in here and there but right make them especially when it was made like 10 years ago right. i mean they still can barely make stuff look good yeah so 10 years ago is even worse
1: right I mean, Jurassic Park looks awesome. Right, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park look great. I mean, you see like the ones from the original Jurassic Park into the newer Jurassic Park, and they they look you know they've grown the, yeah, the CGI they, is better, but, know, but they're 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 doing. But the thing they did is that they used real things. Mm-hmm. They use puppets.
0: There's a full size T Rex, right? So that right, if you can mix it with uh, puppetry or something real, then when you mix it, in your mind's already sold that. Oh, I've seen it. It's real. So right. when it starts to move, you just kind of go with it.
1: Yeah, you get those close-ups of something real, so you can actually see the mm-hmm. way the lights are. And,
0: and off every of them. right, every time the T Rex is near him, when yeah. he's smashing through the thing, that's a real thing. Right, and the kids are actually
1: screaming because <laughs> it's coming through the roof at them, and they're, ah, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, what a good movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the other books that I love—it might be one of my favorite books of all time—is it's actually a book series. Uh, called dies the fire and it's about a post-apocalyptic world it's not zombies but it's a there's an event called the change and it basically gets rid of all of the electricity in the world and it's an elemental change that changes the way things burn and like engines don't work and gunpowder doesn't burn and electricity all you know all the good things to make a fun new world (laughs) that goes straight back to medieval But, but the great thing about that book too is not the fact that it's takes us back into this funky world, but it's our perspective. So this was they were written in nineteen ninety eight. It's the perspective of people in ninety eight then being pushed into like a medieval technology time frame and what they could do with their current knowledge. Right. Of you know, current weaponry and hydraulics still works. They can do like water powered hydraulics and you know war strategy and things and how that mm. and, and the 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 antagonist of the, of the books is like a 13th century medieval history teacher. Right. And he just like takes over all of Portland (laughs) (laughs) and becomes this dictator, you know, awesome, like sadistic dictator who brings a lot of people through the change. So the first year or so they, you know, when, when people survive through that, which is only maybe 10% of the population of the world, the people who make it through that, they get through it for one reason or another, either they're, with a group of people who are surviving and doing it nobly or they're with a group of people who are surviving, surviving and doing it in (laughs) nobly like they're taking over, they're killing lots of people and they're surviving because they're taking other people's resources. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he brings a lot of people through the change. He also has lots of slaves and people who build castles (laughs) and stuff for him and, you know, peons and, 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 you know, puts them in these rings with tigers and bears and stuff to watch uh, <laughs> for people's enjoyment. So
0: yeah, I got to read those again. Oh, so I read good. the first one or maybe I read the first two and then st- the first, I always love the first in series. Yeah. It's always the beginning stuff yeah, is always yeah. the best yeah, to me. Yeah. The first Lord of the Rings. It's like the adventure starting. Mm-hmm. You learn it, Yeah. All the characters. Right.
1: And I, I'm just, I guess in general, I'm a Harry Potter fan and I've always loved that first book and the first movie. I, I saw the first movie. I might have been in maybe early college, something like that. I saw the first movie before I had read the books. Mm -hmm. So I got this introduction to this cool new magical world (laughs) and then went back and read the books. (laughs) And then
0: I I used to make fun of them at the time. And I was younger (laughs) then. I guess I was still in middle school. I'm like,
1: no, that's like
0: what we were supposed to read in elementary. And I never. (laughs) What are you doing? I I never read it because the first one, I guess, came out around when I was in elementary school. And what, First mid 90s? Yeah, it was like yeah. Yeah, yeah. 96 or 97. Right. So it was, it did kind of, I was kind of the age.
1: That you would have been reading them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it, it didn't interest me when I was a kid. And then I used to make fun of my brothers because they yeah. all started <laughs> wa- reading them and watching them. But then I, I ended up reading them at all.
1: Yeah. And they're just, they're just, they're easy to read and they're well written. The, the universe mm-hmm. is built really well. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, she's so much
0: fun. She's, she's a great writer.
1: Yeah. But uh, the cool thing about Thighs the Fire books, the, there's, a, there's a trilogy that follows along with the main original characters. The first book takes you th- basically through the first year of this event happening and where everyone kind of goes and how they make it to these different like you know whole like whole areas where they're holding up and where they're right. moving to and how they defend themselves and what they build some, you know, the things they have to go through. The second book in the series jumps 10 years. So instead of just following along with the story, it actually moves you far enough ahead. So you can, you get this really cool perspective of what the world would look like then 10 years later. Right. How, how it's moved involved. It's still the same changed world, but it's moved. Ahead. And then the, the third book in the series is consecutively with that one. So it's just they, those two go together, but, you know, take you through the big battle between the main antagonist group and then the main protagonists. Right. Or yeah. The other way around, yeah, or whatever.
0: <laughs> so there's a recommendation for you guys. Yeah, early so recommendation. good. And
1: then there's he has a um, that's a S.M. Starling. He's got a whole world um, called the Emberverse. He wrote a whole bunch of stories, and so it has um, there's a, there's a couple stories that are based around Nantucket in uh, was that Massachusetts or Rhode oh, Island? Oh, that's right. Those are those are in the same universe, but instead of the change happening in modern day, Nantucket is the, actually the main basis of the change, and that everyone on Nantucket Island is taken back yeah, to like a time. the Bronze Age. Mm. So they're actually transported back in time. But um, but then there's also you know there's the children of this first book series, the Dies of Ice, Dies the Fire series. They have there's a whole st- series that follows their right. you know, adventures and stuff as well. So and that takes you you know twenty thirty years. Hmm. pass the change which is cool you know yeah. just you get this first you get it's all based on the west coast so you get this this kind of different community on the west coast they're building this new world and then when it follows the kids they actually you know, they're in their twenties at that point, they take this like trip across the country. So they're kind of encountering all these different groups that ha- that have survived across the country from, you know, from the West coast back to the East coast, all the way up to Maine, where you have these kind of Norse, this area that's all Norse inspired, yeah. called Norheim and it's all right. Viking style. And, <laughs> and you get like this one group of, uh, of, um, they, they're called, they're called the scouts. And basically it's a, like a plane went down in the middle of Yosemite or something. And there's at a, at a lake and it was all boy scouts. And so <laughs> there's this whole civilization based around scouting and they all, you know, like, I'm a scout of 40 badges, you know, <laughs> and like, and that's their, that's how they, you know, they're rating their own personal success. It's so awesome. It's so much fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. I need a new, I need a new book. Maybe I'll start reading those again.
1: Yeah, there's, they're good. <laughs>
0: I guess real quick, what you got good books. We said, what about movies, right? 20 days later. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, That's such a good one. The road was okay. as a movie.
1: Yeah. I like the Vigo again. Yeah. Um, Um, but yeah, I like, I really like 20 days later. That's the one where, you know, it's, there's an event that happens. That's a chemical release. And so there's this trials of, of a certain drug. And so there are activists who go in and they want to kind of release the animals that are being trial. You know, they're being putting through these trials and they release this rage. virus. I think it was called the fear or rage, rage or something. Yeah, rage. Release I mean, rage on movie. the world. Yeah, it's such a good movie. And now it spread so fast. And and it's it gives you a glimpse of, again, kind of going back to um, this zombie survival guide. Like, what might really happen? This is how right. it might actually. Or it just gives you that, that scenario that's looked at in a perspective that's more realistic rather than mm-hmm. just funny like yeah. dawn of the dead and you know those all those great was it R- old uh, romero george romero, george romero. Yeah. yeah
0: all his great zombie movies people getting stuck in a mall it's always fun <laughs> right and then there's <laughs> uh I mean, slow zombies like or, mad max oh yeah all those old old mad so, maxes and the, the new Fox Fury Fox road thing. so yeah. good yeah and uh water world is the water mad oh, max man. which we grew up we grew loving. up loving. Yeah, because we didn't know it was a really kind of a joke, a joke movie right. to some people. Like, what a world, like a huge flop, like such a weird movie. But yeah, we grew up, we had the VHS and oh, watched it
1: all the time. We love that movie. And it, I think we were watching it in middle school and high school and we started sailing. If you guys saw, our recently we did a sailing video with our brother over on uh, Man vs. Matrix, Matrix, his new channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were sailors. So the fact that. Uh, you know, the main character had this amazing trimaran. If you've never seen Waterworld <laughs> and you're you, you like water, <laughs> you like boats, you got to see this is amazing trimaran. It's a huge. It's probably a fifty foot trimaran. It's gigantic, right. but it's all set up to be run by one person. Right. So he's got cranks everywhere, and you know areas to be able to hold himself out, like to trapeze out, and he's got this kite that he shoots up in the air to make him go faster. <laughs> Cause there's everyone who's doing, you know, traveling by wind. And then there's all the smokers that are traveling by gas. Yeah, It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and uh,
0: you know, it's pretty CG. of the, they built these giant yeah. float or the, the giant main town. Yeah. The and they, they just had to build it and, that, and then shoot so, it and yeah. shoot people jumping over the walls with <sighs> jet scouts. <It's> so good. <laughs> Other yeah. world?
1: What's the, what's the main guy, the bad guy's name or the actor. Is that, um,
0: yeah I, I can picture his face. Michael Douglas or No. No, no, no Michael
1: D- Douglas no. Not John Voight. I don't know. Like I can see him, I just can't think of the main guy. Ah, so good. I mean not the main actor but the main I know um, who you antagonist, mean. I know so, who you mean. But yeah, that's a good one. I love that. Um and then again, yeah, same thing with Mad Max, you know. It's it's funny with uh Mel Gibson in that very first one with his Australian accent that he still had back when he was like just first acting. Right.
0: <laughs> and, that was, and those were all shot. That was an Australian movie.
1: Yeah. yeah, those are great. Such a good movie. <laughs> all right. We got any more? I think we're good.
0: Yeah. We didn't really think too much along about the, the best of those. Right. So if you guys have any. Uh...
1: Yeah, let us know. Yeah. I always love better, you know, good post-apocalyptic movies or zombie movies, same thing.
0: Send it in to the art of craftsmanship (laughs) at Gmail.com. All
1: right. Well, what are you working on Devin this week or what have you been working on? Um, Well,
0: I was, we've been trying to been editing the, um, the ax video. We wanted to do just a uh, simple sharpening and profiling an ax. We shot that in one day. So I've been working on that. That's been good. And that'll be a fun ax video coming out. Um, and then an idea of making a stool out of plywood mm. came up with, and hopefully we'll do that one soon. That's right. Yeah. And, and then that can be another, an hour long, hopefully, right. maybe a an hour long thing. Right. Give you one hour to make a stool out of one uh, flimsy sh- sheet of p- plywood. See if you can hold us up.
1: <laughs> a great way to end the video. All right, here you go.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> no, nope. you fall,
1: it's, you know, it didn't work. <laughs> That's YouTube gold. <laughs> <laughs> Something yeah. happened. Yeah. Well, what about you? Uh, so I, when we recorded last week, I just got back from vacation. And so I was using the, the new knife, the Journey Bushcraft, st- the design knife we made. Um, I have noticed a few things. So with the, um, the handle is a little bit heavy. I didn't think it would be heavy um, because it has the like light fast acrylic, which is pretty light. But I guess it's the the uh, stabilized wood is pretty heavy. So uh-huh. I so there's multiple reasons why I think I'm gonna shape it. But I think I'm gonna taper from the middle of the handle to the blade as well as back, so you get kind of a palm swab but flat still. So leave all the facets, but just have it kind of taper mm. from the middle of the handle to the front and to the back. So I've been kind of figuring that out. And if you guys watch that video, you notice that I had the blade the first blade that I made, I still have that. I want to finish that one. So I think I, what I might do is actually finish that one and do the new handle style on that one. And then just have it. So I can kind of feel the two before I make any big changes on the, on the final version. Right. Um, Brian house. If you're listening to this, uh, I'll let you know that the stabilized wood swelled a little bit. And I don't know if that's something that stabilized wood is supposed to do or not. When I, you know, cause I was, I took it on a canoe trip and I had it in my, in the sheath that I made and on my belt. Um, and it stayed wet and never got like completely. I mean, it stayed dry. never got completely submerged, but it did get a little wet. There was a spot on the sheath that got wet. And so like, the front edge you know the kind of ricasso uh, bolster area swelled a little bit and separated um, or kind of split out a little bit so so thanks for nothing brian <laughs> don't send any no. more so to stabilize it, well. <laughs> it's, it's purely a research-based comment that i'm making just so you know because i figured i was like well do i tell brian about it or do i just ignore it but i think just as like a as a maker you want to know when you make something that actually works really well or if it's just something that Stabilized wood still has wood in it, although all the gaps yeah. are all filled with. And it, it resin. might have
0: been maybe the glue wasn't right. There wasn't enough um yeah. scratches in the, right. in the plastic well, liner that yeah, you did or and
1: it didn't just separate it, actually like the actual wood swelled. So so I don't know if that's if that's something that's that happens with stabilized wood, you just keep it dry. But a lot of people people use stabilized wood on bushcrafting knives specifically because they know they're gonna get wet. Um mm. so I mean it did huh. it actually I so I've left it out of the sheath since we've been home, which you're supposed to do anyway, when you have a, you know, a knife, you want to kind of keep it out of your sheath. And also that helps for how well it fits inside the sheath as well, because leather will kind of, it will, it will swell as well, which is normal moisture. So if you leave your knife inside of a sheath, then the sheath forms around it. So as you pull it in and out, it's not as tight as it might be. So if you leave it out of your sheath, the sheath will shrink just a little bit. And then you slide your knife and it fits nice and tight. Um, but yeah, so just so so that happens. So I'm kind of thinking about that, and you know, but all this stuff is good stuff for the for the knife in general. Like knowing what's going to happen, trying out different things. That's yeah, the point of having that's it. The, so. Have have the prototype. Yeah.
0: You can see that. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want to see that video, we, we just put that one out. Yeah, it's a yeah. long, a long one, 40 minutes. But
1: yeah. That'd be fun. But we've got really good reception from that. I'm super happy. There've been tons of good comments. Um, I put pictures up on Instagram. People are interested there. I've been you know, in lots of comments. So it seems like there's pretty good interest in that knife for people who are yeah. interested in buying it. And they've given me lots of good comments about their opinions and things. So I really, you know, I really right. appreciate that. Some
0: people aren't into the flat, um, flat style, the, right. the sharp edges. And the, I get it. Yeah. Right. It's just an aesthetic thing. And it, it we'll see That's, you'll keep testing and right exactly make you'll, you'll make them, them you'll make them right before they right before we put them out
1: right so yes yeah, so I've been you know kind of Doing that, working just a little bit with, you know, just living with that knife in my hands more often mm-hmm. to see how it feels. So that's been really fun. And I have, this is my last week. I got one more day tomorrow on my class I'm taking, like I think I told you guys, educational psychology. So it's been, it's been a long one. I've had two vacations in the middle of this class. So <laughs> now I'm, I'm coming down to the end and I'm I'm busting my butt You'd to get it done. So. so I got everything, but that's almost done. So next week will be like an actual week off and then I get to go back to work. <laughs> but yeah, we're excited to, uh, work on some new stuff. We're, you know, doing different videos and, you know, with all this stuff coming up, we're just planning. So we did reach out to, uh, Kirk dryer. So Kirk is a ranger in Baltimore County parks and rec. Um, and he, he did the bow class that we've talked about on the podcast before he led it. And so we we reached out to him to see if he had any more hickory staves, um, so we may we may incorporate him into a video. It'd be really fun if I could actually get him to like do something. We can go visit him and he can talk about right. harvesting hickory because that's something that you know I, we haven't done. I haven't done any hickory. Um, I've done osage, but that's mo- mainly you know taking pieces from trees that are good pieces, not whole things. So I think yeah. he's he's done it um, with a. Ecological mindset. How do you? Where do you harvest a tree from? What's the best place to? How is right. it going to benefit its surroundings when you're cutting down a tree?
0: Yeah, and it's nice to be a ranger because you're constantly walking through the woods, <laughs> right. going, "Okay, that one has to come down, or this yeah. one's already down." And he's just he's cleaning up, but he's he's getting great uh, both
1: staves. right? And then he'd do the class, so he'd, he'd have the, he'd fell a tree in the you know whatever it would be, maybe late winter early spring and then have it split out and then dried until right. whatever it was Fe- February or January when we took the class so then it was you know we were, you would have it it would be sitting for nine or ten months to to age some and dry out some before we started the class so it worked out really perfectly so I'd love to have him on um, have him on the, the channel on the YouTube channel somehow you know incorporating him into uh, that yeah. new video or on the podcast well, yeah
0: we haven't even so hopefully we can get in contact with him soon. Yeah. And Hickory bow should it it well it is easier to make yeah. than a Osage bow. Right. I, I I feel like we can aim it as making a video of like the most simple version of a self bow you can make yourself. Right. Yeah, it's the, got the very bow. it's not you're it's not you you're hitting very uh specific measurements. Right. And if you get this here and two inches here and bring it down one inch to here and then and then it all kinda it's very simple right exactly it's it's, the bow we most of us all we all started out with we all made one without ever making a bow mine still shoots great yeah right everyone still has theirs and yeah I think it'll, it'll be a real fun video and and that's something that everybody can make
1: right and and it can be it can be done systematically like you said it doesn't it's not all about feel or all about how good of a craftsman you are you can really kind of break it down into the systematic steps it needs to be this size at this point and this size at this point and the bow staves go out right actually takes some finesse to do the tillering right but and
0: if you do it like I did you do it too yeah, quick and you, right. you break it but that <laughs> yeah. one's almost like baking you like you do this 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 yeah, right. put it in for this temp yeah. do this. And then you should uh, have a, a cake at the end.
1: Actually, uh, after that class, um, I had stayed into bow making, obviously, uh, but I did a drawing with all of the dimensions that he had given us on a piece of paper. I did it all, drew everything out and had it all really nice and clean. If you, if you watched our bow making videos, you see that I, that the video that I did, I did the kind of the same thing where I drew out the bow from the, from the front and from the side to kind of get all the dimensions. And so I did that on a piece of paper and I ended up giving back to Kirk later when I saw him later, I was like, here, this is a, you know, this is a drawing of all the stuff that you taught us how to do. It's something you might want to use in the future, you know, make copies and stuff and give it out during the class. And he was appreciative of that. So it was kind of cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. You still have a copy of that? Uh, I do somewhere. Put that on Instagram or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, recommendations this week, what do you
1: got? Uh, so, um, a lot of the recommendations that we were thinking about were all the, <laughs> the, um, post-apocalyptic stuff. So we did all those, but I also just found a new YouTube channel that I really enjoyed this week. I've only watched one of his videos, but, uh, it's a YouTuber. His name is Timothy Dyke. Uh, And his YouTube channel is that, his all name spelled out, Timothy Dyke. And he's a blacksmith. And uh, the video that I watched is one that he just put out. It's actually doing really well, is making a titanium hammer. And there's a lot of people out there, a lot of blacksmiths who do channels and stuff. But uh, he seems really not, um, he has a naive sense of joy. To what he's doing. It's kind of like, this is so much fun. Like, look what I'm doing. But he's a really good blacksmith. It's not he's naive. a young It's, guy. Not, naive it's not naive. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a like. Oh, a, well, just a sense of joy. It's just a sense of joy. Yeah. Just having fun. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, you don't feel like you're watching someone who's a professional and they're doing something you couldn't do. Mm. It's like a, he's really enjoying what he's doing. And he comes across really, really naturally on the video and he's having fun. He's smiling a lot. And so it just, it reminds me of other videos that we, that we really like with people who are, you know, having fun and confident and doing what they're doing. Uh, but yeah, he made a really awesome, uh, titanium hammer and tried a few different etching techniques that he'd never done before. So he'd like pull it out and nothing would have happened. He would expect, he's like, well, what do you know about that? Nothing happened. And then he's like, <laughs> tried again. He's like, oh, it's so cool. You know? So just the, the kind of fun and the sense of joy that he is having throughout the whole thing. Uh he does have a I didn't actually watch him yet but I was scrolling through some of his videos and he's got this giant chainmail video which looks awesome so like <laughs> imagine chainmail and each ring is like the size of your head. So and then he's got other videos to go along with it like shooting a cannonball into it and firing a giant arrow at it things like that. So That's great. They work well with the post apocalyptic <laughs> movies but yeah, so Timothy Dyke check him out on on YouTube. I haven't I haven't checked him out on Instagram yet but I'm sure he's got one there too. We'll put that stuff in the show notes.
0: Yeah. Um and I I guess I'll I'll just do Max Brooks again, the Zombie Survival Guide. Great book, love it. Uh World War Z, I actually enjoyed the survival guide more than it cuz uh World War Z is just a, a bunch of stories put together. And uh the Survival Guide has the survival side of it and then the second half of it is those stories. All right. Yeah, they kind um, of
1: they all follow Brad Pitt's it, he kind of does a bunch of the different stories, but they follow yeah. him as like a main character. Well, the, rather in, than in
0: the movie, they make it as one character. Yeah. And they, they didn't really follow the book well, right? Because it's just a bunch of stories. So instead, it's Brad Pitt flying around doing all these. It should be multiple char- characters doing these things, right. but it's just him. That's right. the, I guess that's the way they compacted. They should they should have made that into a, a series. Yeah, maybe now they would. That's more right. the style now is to make these these things in a series and then do oh, yeah. World War Z where you can each week you can follow a different group. Oh right, like a, a Netflix series or yeah. something. Oh, right, yeah, that'd be HBO awesome. or something. World yeah. War Z, and that'd just have cool. different stars each week. But that book, it's great. Mel Brooks' son, he's <laughs> doing his own <laughs> thing, making money. <laughs> Max Brooks, it's funny. It's it's clever. Just a really good read, and it's got some actual real survival tidbits. Yeah. About how, where you'd want to get, what you want want to use, what
1: vehicles. Like, right, mm-hmm. get out of the car, get onto a bike. When the when the COVID zombies come and get us. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. It's crazy world we're in right, right now. Right. <laughs> Give you some real world tips and on watch, how to survive. Watch our video and make yourself a uh, survival, <laughs> survival knife, knife spear. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys all so much for listening. Uh, we are again, the art of craftsmanship podcast. You can find us on all the normal podcasts networks. Um, and we are on the makery network, which is makery.network along with a bunch of other awesome uh, podcasts. So definitely check them out. Yep. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, the art of craftsmanship. If you ever need to send us an email, same thing. You can send us to the art of craftsmanship at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, same thing at the art of craftsmanship and patreon if you want to support the channel there you go all right guys well thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you next time
0: if you like this show take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network